strong. Hi, and welcome to Funny Minds. I'm your host, Lynn B., and I'm with my co-host. Edward Best. And today we have on very interesting person um who authored the book scar tissue and uh he has a wonderful story to tell us and a lot of interesting things that he's gone through in his life danny kobe welcome to the show danny how are you i'm great thank you so much for having me on um you're welcome tell us about tell us about your book tell us about your life your story what you know what you're looking to get out there to people well, I am the uh, husband to one fantabulous wife. I'm the father of three amazing kids, and I'm also the survivor of eight heart surgeries. Amazing. Amazing. Yes. So really, to, to tell my story, it goes way back to my parents uh, back in 1977. I was just a few months old, and I started uh, falling over and stopped breathing. This happened multiple times. My parents took me to the hospital again and again. The doctors didn't know what was wrong. And eventually they concluded that I had a very serious heart condition. I was flown across the country, given a 20% chance to live. And at 18 months old, I had my very first open heart surgery. What? And I won't spoil it, but I made it. So I'm still here. Well, thank not, God for that. You're not a figment of our imagination. You did make it through <laughs> at 18 months, you know. Yes. So that was the first of what would be um, eight surgeries, but four open hearts. That, and that, that, that is such a uh, a young age to um, go through something like that. Uh, I don't know if that's good or bad. You know, sometimes you think it's probably good because you, you're so young and you don't know any better. And, and you know, but obviously the, the scare level and the risk level. I think is higher. Yeah, so, yeah. For my, were you not a candidate for um to to receive a new heart, or or did they so, think they had the problem solved at eighteen months? No. So what the issue was, I actually had two problems with my heart. Uh, I had problems with my mitral valve, and it would leak, and then my aortic valve was just too narrow, and so um, heart transplant wasn't really on the table, but trying to fix those two problems were okay. and that's why you were you're right it was more my parents story back then because i grew up with scars on my on my chest and arms and legs that i didn't know how they got there i'd heard the stories right but i didn't actually know and mm -hmm. it wasn't until i was eight years old that i had my second open heart surgery but it was kind of the first one for me right yeah because right. this one i remembered yes okay yes yeah, and that that's the that's the tough part. Like I said, it's a double edged sword. I mean, it's yeah, kind of you know when you're that young, you're going through it. You really don't know you're going through it, you know. But once you start getting a little older, yeah, yeah, everything becomes you're conscious of what's yeah. going on. Yeah. yeah, you have a little bit of a more of a, a fear level, um, uh, which makes it obviously a lot more stressful for you, and and obviously always stressful for your parents. Yeah, uh, God knows, but um, and and yes, you are here, and thank God for that. The <laughs> <laughs> story, really. What what have uh, you know? What has changed for you, Danny, over the over the course of the years? Um, 
that has helped you maintain and 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 stay healthy? Well, so I'll, I'll just I'll just pick up from from when I was eight. Sure. Between 1985 and 1990, I had five heart surgeries in in five years. And when I was 13, I I had a mechanical valve put in my heart. And for me, that's when life really changed because suddenly when that valve was put in, my health drastically improved. And now I was able to start doing things that I hadn't been able to do before. And so at 13, that's when I started trying things, being more physically active. And then for many years, I grew up, got married, had kids. And I was the guy that had heart problems when I was a kid. And it wasn't until I was 40 that I ran into trouble again. And suddenly all those past surgeries, all that trauma from the past was going to be revisited. Mm-hmm. Was that kind of um, to be expected or is that just happenstance? It, it was happenstance. I, um, I, I was... I had done martial arts when I was a teenager because I could suddenly. Yeah. And in my in my mid thirties, I got back into it, and I noticed it started getting very difficult again, and I was having a lot of bruising, and uh, it turned out my um, I had some testing done, and my aortic arch had drastically enlarged. In fact, it was it had burst just a few minutes before I had surgery, so they knew. It was enlarged. We got to do surgery. I was scheduled for, it wasn't emergency surgery, but as soon as they opened me up, it had already burst. And then it became a battle to save my life. Wow. So that was a timing thing. <laughs> oh, you know, uh, in, in essence, uh, it was just t- time was on your side at that point. Uh, thankfully. Yeah, yeah. really. When you, yeah. when you, when you did get the, you know, treatment early on, and you started to feel better. Like, how did how did you feel better? What 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 improved? Was it your breathing, energy? It was D, all of the above, all the above. So I I, I never I never did gym growing up. Um, I I never knew my gym teacher. I heard he was a nice guy, but never met him. <laughs> um, I I wasn't. Uh, so you got was A just because you were allowed to have one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I wasn't that kid that got picked last on the team. I just wasn't there. So suddenly when I'm 13, now I've got the energy, I've got the strength, I've got some more stamina, I can breathe. Now I can start trying things. And of course, I wanted to do the thing that I was never allowed to do, which was martial arts. Mm -hmm. And so um, I fought a lot with my cardiologists about, should I do it? Should I not do it? And they very reluctantly agreed and said, look, if you participate, but don't do tournaments, don't do full contact, we'll let you do it. And to me, that was music to my ears. I thought, great. I, I'm happy just to be there. Yeah. Well, you you, know, you want to be a child. You want to, you know, you want to do the things that your friends are doing. And obviously um, it's awkward, you know, to be in that position, I'm sure. Um, yeah. At that age, you know, it's very important. Uh, so it, it's great that you, at least you found yourself in that situation at that age so you could experience and and, yeah. be, and feel, you know, right. like part of, part of your, your, your the, the group, you know. So when was uh, your last surgery, Dan? So my last surgery was in 2017. 
which is coming up almost six and a half years ago. Okay. So do you see your cardiologist like a couple of times a year or is it monthly? Or is it like how often do you have to go and be tested and, you know? So I go, I go about once a year. Okay. And then they check everything. And every year I ask the same question. He'll say your valve, your heart is doing really well. Okay. To which I reply, great. Is there another surgery on the horizon? And everything that they say says hey, your, your, your heart sounds good. It looks good. The readings are good. So we'll just, you know, your valve, your valve can last indefinitely. Your heart is doing really well. But I expect someday there'll be one more. You do. point. Yeah. I do. And and how much medication are you on? Believe it or not, I am on one medication. Really? And the medication that I take, it's a blood thinner to keep my blood thin because I have this plastic valve in my heart. Oh, okay. Okay. And that's it. What, it Danny, was it was it hereditary? No, it was a congenital defect. It was uh just a com- a, a fluke. I was born with three leaflets in my valve, and most people have four. Well, the, the way I would look at it is you're special. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You're like, thanks, Ed. Thanks. And you really say that in your book that, you know, everybody's put on this earth for a reason. Yeah. Okay. You don't know what the reason, you're not, people don't always know what the reason is. You now know what your reason is, is to help other people. And yeah. People that maybe are are in your position could be in your position, um, or just in general have you know um, problems that they can't deal with, and they need to deal with because you've been through that and you know. So it's very easy for you to go out there then and help people, and to, yeah. to understand. Yeah, I've said it this way, but if if I act like there's a purpose behind me having these problems. Life is a lot easier mm-hmm. because if if I just say, well, this is all random and why did this happen to happen, have to happen to me? Right. Um, I'm never going to get the answer and life is going to be hard. But if right. I look for if I look for what can I learn through this or are there things that I can grow from through this, that changes the playing field. Well, the thing that you realize and I'm, I, I, you know, I'm positive throughout uh, the years is that you're not the only person in that position. I'm positive that people have reached out to you um, in one way, shape, or form that have a lot of that in common and are going through something similar. Um, so when you get out a positive message and in in you know through your book and through every way possible, yeah. you do touch more people than you even realize a lot of times. But yeah. talk about your book. Yeah, so my book, it's interesting. Um, a friend of mine, we went for a walk about three years ago, and he was thinking of writing a children's book. So he said, let's go for a walk. We'll just bounce some ideas off of each other. And so he talked, I listened, and after about two hours, he turned to me and said, would you ever write a book? And I thought, no, I'm too young, and I don't really have anything to say. But that idea stuck in my head. And I thought, well, I don't know, maybe maybe I do have something. So I went home after that walk and I started making notes of, okay, if I wrote a book someday, what would it be? And I'm not 
kidding. I had 12 pages of notes. Mm -hmm. And that's when I kind of sat back and I thought, well, maybe I do have something to say. Mm -hmm. And then it started dawning on me. Hold on, Danny, you've been through eight surgeries. Maybe that gives me a unique perspective on things. And so I got really excited, like, wow, maybe I should write. And then I got absolutely terrified because then I thought, I can't write. But that that excitement and that fear kind of was my cue to do it. And generally, if something scares me, that's my cue. Do it. Step out of your comfort zone and do it. Right. You'd be surprised a... what you could do. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. So believe me, I, I think all of us at some time, uh, you know, found, found ourselves doing some things and said, man, I thought I never thought I'd be doing this. You know, so um, I think that's a natural progression being it, it, the situation that you were in. I think that's the best outcome is for you to get your message and words and thoughts out there uh, to help inspire other people that they can actually get through it. Um, yep. you know, and that's obviously a natural progression, but talk about the success of it. Like what, what type of feedback have you gotten? Yeah. So I knew if, if I wanted to write, I had to be vulnerable mm-hmm. and I had to, when I went through surgery, I was very public about what I struggled with, what my challenges were. And I came across a quote. And when I read this quote, I thought, I have to write my book. There's no question. I have to write it. And I have to talk about the things that I struggled with. And that quote was this. One day you will tell your story of how you've overcome what you're going through now. And that will become part of someone else's survival guide. Mm. And that's when the idea really took me. You know what? If I'm vulnerable and I share openly, maybe someone will read this. Yes. Maybe they'll get encouraged by it. Or maybe they're, you know, they're going through the worst situation. Maybe this just gives them a little bit of hope to hold on to, to get through to the next day. So I wrote, I spent much of the next year writing. I spent quite a bit of time trying to find a publisher, trying to find an agent. And last year I found a publisher and then my book came out this summer and the response really has been overwhelming. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I would have to think that it would be because I think it's just one of those, as unfortunate as it is, it is very, it's much more common than I think people would think. And so that you really are touching many more people than you realize you would normally do, you know, as yeah, it's been amazing to me or you know, children's this or whatever the story is, I think this particular story touches a lot more people. I, yeah, and that's, yeah, go ahead. Two months ago, went into the hospital because I wasn't feeling well. And they wanted to do this heart procedure on me because they said that, and I was like, why? And I was fighting it. And I'm like, there's nothing wrong with my heart. You know, I've never had any heart problems, nothing. And they were insisting, so they... I mean, I had to relent what, you know, my, my doctor was saying, Lynn, you know, tomorrow are you going to go for this procedure? And, uh, I said, okay, but I don't understand why. And 
They said, well, because when you came into the hospital, you know, your blood work showed that you had a mild heart attack. And I said, well, when, when did I have this? I, you know, and I, you know, whatever they gave me, I mean, I was really watching the screen and I was watching her go all through my heart and they couldn't find anything wrong. But yet the blood work said that I had a mild heart attack. So now I'm taking um, medication from the heart doctor. But, you know, there are times that I say to myself, well, you know, tests don't lie, but yet they found nothing. But is something going to happen? Like, sometimes you question, like, like I question, like, um, did this really happen? I mean, are they right? Yeah. Is there something that maybe will happen to my heart eventually? I don't know. Will the medication take care of it? Like, you know, to me, it just feels like um, because I wasn't grabbing my chest and I wasn't in any pain. And and they didn't see anything. Well, how did I have a heart attack? I, you know, I, I I just like it's not that I don't believe it. I just like I'm a person. You got to show me. I'm a very visual person, so show me. You know, type of thing. Yeah, yeah. But and Danny, it, what did, what she's leaving out of the story is that she um watches a lot of porn. Oh, stop. And <laughs> uh, you know, she kind of causes her own angst sometimes. Well, I was under a lot of stress at the time because I was moving <laughs> and, you know, it was very stressful for me. And so I don't know if that's what caused whatever. I don't know. And they even said, too, you know, that kind of stress can put people in a situation where, you know, uh, things can happen, you know. Yep. But um, I just thought, you know, your book, is so interesting and i do believe that you know um everything does happen for a reason in life and mm -hmm. and you know our reason for being the people that we are and helping the people that we do is very important and your book is very very important to help a lot of people get through what they need to get through whether it's a heart attack whether it, it, it's an, an aneurysm somewhere else, whether they- Well, that's the thing is it doesn't have to be specific to- It doesn't have to be specific to- What you're dealing with. Yeah. It's just your story and your triumph and how you approached it and how you tackled it and how you view it. And, and, and how you came through it and what you did. Yeah. You know, that's the inspiration right there. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'll just say this, and this, this kind of surprised me. Um, there's a group- that has kind of resonated with my story, and it's not who I would have ever thought. It's actually veterans. Well, really? Okay. Because they've been through very traumatic experiences. Right. They've been through trauma. Many of them have PTSD. Right. Oh, yeah. My last, my last surgery, I had some anoxic brain trauma, and so I've had some cognitive challenges since then. Okay. And so I can. Re it just really surprised me that. I've never been through war. I've never been through anything like that. Right. But our bodies act as if we've been through trauma, just like mm -hmm. their bodies are telling them, I've right. been through trauma. Right. And we've got that common bond that I would have never dreamed of in a million years. That's amazing. Yeah. I can see it, though. Yeah, that, now that you say it, yes, I can see that. I can see where they mm -hmm. would get um, a lot out of your book and, and the meaning behind a lot of things because of what, what they've 
been through. And yes, it is um, it is a trauma. I mean, no. when you think about it, I mean, I wouldn't switch places with them in a million years. But um, and to your point too, I um, like when my aortic arch burst, I didn't feel anything. I felt some pressure on my heart, but I was not in pain. And that that's that can't be explained because normally you're you're in severe pain. You're being rushed to the hospital. I didn't right. have any of that, so I don't know I when it burst. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean that's that's very interesting, you know. And and how does you have this like your wife? How does your wife deal with all this? Does is she like fearful for you and your family? Is she at peace with with the position that you're in right now. Yeah. Like when we were married, I told her, look, I've had all these heart surgeries and I think it was very hypothetical because it had been years since, you know, I was a kid and had all these surgeries. My parents had talked to her, talked to my wife and said, you know, Danny's had all this stuff, and but he's doing well now. But I think when I had that last surgery and I came so close to dying, I was without blood or oxygen for nine minutes. Wow. I think the reality, all that hypothetical stuff that she had heard before now was like, this is real. And I think it really hit her. But we've just learned to, you know, trust that the outcome is beyond our control. And what, what can, how does worry contribute to that? And there's some things like, I just feel like if they're so big and it's so beyond my control, what, is worry going to do to change that? Nothing. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, that, that, that is a, that is something, you know, that, um, that is very, yeah, you, you have, you don't have a control. You're right. When you think yeah. about it, you know, you know, you have no control over what is going to be and what's going to yeah. be for your future. No. You you've lost totally. It's the old adage: worry about what you can control. I mean, it's it's yeah. You know, it yeah. really easier said than done, right? Obvi- obviously, um, because not everybody's in that position, but right. Um, it really is the only answer because it's all you can do. Yeah, and yeah. you're. I'm sure your wife has come to peace with that, and um, your family, and yeah. you know, all you can do is just take every day. It's a gift every day. Live the hell out of it. And just do every little thing that you can to ensure that you're you're on the right path. You know, everything else is out of your control. That's how I feel. Every day that I wake up, I just feel like, okay, I've gained another gift today. Here's my gift today. Yeah, but Danny can't wake up and go, oh, my God, my hair is purple. (laughs) You know, like he can't do that. You know, my shirt. Purple you can see my shirt's purple, but yeah, he, yeah you know, so you got a little bit of an advantage. There. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> but no, I think I think with my wife and even my kids, I think because we've been through this very difficult thing, it has made us closer. Mm-hmm. Even with my parents growing up, I know a lot of teens, like, you know, there's a lot of angst with their parents. Right. We, I didn't really have that with my parents because they were always with me in those life and death situations. Right. And even though I may not have always agreed with them, we I knew they had my my best interest at heart. Right, right. So I well, think I'm sure they looked at things yeah. totally differently. Right. Well, you know, it, it it pushed them into a position where they 
were, you know, the ultimate helicopter. Immediate appreciation, <laughs> like immediate appreciation. You don't have to wait until you're 40 to appreciate your kid. You're, you're appreciating every day. Yeah. You know, so. Every day. Yeah. That's pretty unique in and of itself. How um, old are your children, Danny? So now my kids, they're, they're fairly older. They're 19, 17, and 15. Okay. So seven years ago would have, if, you know, if dad hadn't been in the picture, it would have been very different for them. Yes. And it would have been oh, God, very yeah. difficult for your wife too, really. Yeah. You know, boys, girls. I got two boys and a girl. Okay. All right. Ah, oh, you're a little princess. You're a princess. Yes. Yes, she is. <laughs> Well, I'll put it to you this way. Um, obviously, you're very healthy because they would have killed you by now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if they could, yes. <laughs> you know, so yeah, things are going well. I could speak for your doctor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's it's interesting. Like part of like that drive when I was younger to get into martial arts, I think really came out of this, the fact that I was so helpless and so as an adult, I got into martial arts again, and I was uh, work. I was training in jiu-jitsu, and okay. I was getting close to being a black belt, and then I had surgery. And then, you know, my parents, my cardiologist are saying, oh, that's good enough. You know, don't go back to it. You know, you don't want to stress your heart. And I'm looking at it. Well, hold on. Maybe if I push or risk responsibly... I don't do anything stupid, but I take calculated risks and, and push not to my bare limits, but what's safe. Who knows what I could achieve? Sure. And so 20 months after my surgery, I earned my black belt. That's really? insane. And, ju and jujitsu is no joke. No. I mean, that's not you're like, you know, sending your kid to karate class after school. I mean, it's it's as physical as it gets. Um, I, I've done it with, you know, I wrestled in high school and, and growing up and then I had friends that got into the Brazilian, like Gracie Jiu Jitsu. Yeah. So we would go down in his basement and work out and they would kick my butt. I mean, but they were taking lessons, you know, they were learning and, but, but the workout in and of itself. Yeah. I was joked. I was that artist. I was joked. I was the hardest person, hardest working person on the mats because my heart was just the entire time. But I was so happy to be there. I bet. I think your heart would be like that no, regardless. I mean, my heart is like that. It's just, a, you know, it's not only just the workout and the and the, and the, the strain and stress, but just the um, adrenaline, you know. Yeah, when, your when, adrenaline. When you're, when you're going at it and you're grappling, uh, you know, the, the adrenaline is just there. And it, drain, it drains you. Like, oh, it does. Instantly. But, but that was the allure of it too is, you know, I've been through all this and I've set this goal. Can I do it? Mm -hmm. And it's just like, man, I'm so far out of my comfort zone. I don't, I honestly don't know if I could do it. I didn't know if I would, you know, faint on the mat or just pass. I had no idea, but I thought I'm going to give it my best shot and see and not be reckless with my house. I don't, I'm not, I'm not suggesting people be reckless. Right. Sure. I, but I pushed to my safe limits and I was amazed. Like, yes, there's way more that I can do. It's not my body, it's it's your brain that quits. Sure. Well, you're not suicidal, but you're you're, exactly. you're you're still looking to try and dip your foot a little bit deeper. Absolutely. Yeah. Are you still doing it? I am. In fact, I'll be there in about an hour. Oh nice. Okay. That's nice. Nice. That's good. That's good. Do you do anything else, Danny, or it's just that? Um, I I 
do a little bit of swimming. I do kickboxing and jujitsu. Those those are those are my. Well, I'll tell you what, sw swimming is is the number one exercise. Yeah. Period. Oh. Period for anybody. For yeah. everything, your back, your legs, your spine, just everything. Everything across the board. I I would yeah. kill to have like a. La I have a pool in my house, but it's not a lap pool. It's a different. Yeah. You know, yeah. you need a lap pool. But that is awesome. Is there anything? Um, that they have you do specifically. I mean, obviously you're only on one bed, which mm -hmm. is excellent. So you don't have to wa run around with like uh, my mom's pill, uh, you know. I have three. I've, I've seen them. <laughs> Seven day a week pill jar thing. But um, is there anything specific that they have you do, whether it be dietary or whether it be uh, exercise? Well, you're on a heart. Specifically. On a heart diet, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, what's some of the biggest stuff that they have you concentrate on? The uh, the thing that comes up the most is, yes, eat eat eat, eat well. Like, mm -hmm. don't eat garbage all the time. Mm -hmm. um, because I'm on blood thinners, there's certain foods I should either eat regularly or just don't eat them. So things, um, things that are rich in vitamin K will thin your blood. Mm -hmm. So things like spinach or seaweed or cauliflower, um, I just said, see ya. I don't ever want to eat you again. Okay. But um, other things like bananas, like I, I try to eat them regularly because mm -hmm. if you eat a lot of them, yeah, exactly. But uh, the big things that the cardiologist says every time I visit, he says, all right, don't drink, don't smoke, take care of your, your, your teeth because a lot of infections can start in your mouth and go down to your heart. Mm -hmm. Those That's the advice that he's giving me, so... It's really just taking care of your body in general. So it's very simple. Very simple. It is more simple than you would anticipate. Yeah, yeah. Like you think you'd walk out of there with this regimented like spreadsheet of so much of this, not enough of this, to, you know, percentage of this, and stay away from this, and add this, and you know, and and you have this like full time job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no. and just eat every day. But that's good to know that you you could just keep it simple. Yeah. And and uh enjoy every day and, and not have to, you know, over overly stress about what you're doing, what you're not doing. Yeah. yeah. What does the future hold for you, Danny? Um, so right now I've I've been focusing on my this book and it came out. It's called Scar Tissue. And that yes. title that title really comes from an interesting fact that I read. And the fact was that Scar tissue is actually stronger than skin tissue because there's no sweat glands, there's no um, blood vessels. Right. It's just healed tissue and it's thicker and stronger. Mm -hmm. So that title from my book is actually a concept that when you go through trauma, you go through something that causes an open wound, let it heal, learn from it, let it become scar tissue because that makes you stronger. So I've really just been focusing on doing talks in my community, doing book launches, just promoting this message so that people understand, like, we go through hard things and we don't have to be bitter. We don't have to say, why me? We can actually come out of it stronger if we let it. Mm -hmm. okay. It makes sense. That's great. It's Do you think you have a second book in you? Uh, I've joked I would have to go through so much more trauma to fill a second book. <laughs> I don't I don't know that I want to read another one. <laughs> okay.
but I've I've thought maybe maybe on a different subject. I don't know, but right now I'm just I'm just happy focusing on exactly. On okay, maybe yeah. some more talks, maybe a lot more speaking talks. Do you? Are, yep. are I think you, that would be that would, that would be a good progression. or no, I will talk to anyone and any anyone okay. anywhere. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think once once you know you 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 get the the book out there enough. I think the natural progression would be to talk and and yeah. talk about the book and 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 and, and but cro the cross method. it over from there. Yeah. The method into you know talking seminars and and yeah. uh, because right. there's a lot of people out there that you could definitely help uh, with your message and, and it's, your experience. It's ma it's amazed me just telling people don't quit. Yeah, just. You know, and just sharing what I've been through, and then just saying that, how much that resonates. Where I, I initially I thought, well, who wants to hear that from me? Like, what difference does that make coming from me? But I've right. found people do. We're desperate to hear, you know, messages of hope and to have encouragement, and just to know, hey, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, and it's not death. There's better things coming. Well, I'll tell you, Danny. Why do you think songwriters make so much money? Oh, this, yeah. <laughs> they're delivering a message that everybody can identify with and, right. and yeah. you know a lot of people can identify in one way shape or form with what you've gone through what you're going through what you'll always go through and how you've tackled it and approached it and how you live your life you know so I, I think it's you're wonderful. always going to have an endless amount of people that can identify with that, without doubt. Well, Danny, it's you know it's really been a pleasure to have you on our show today, and um, I just I wish everybody will watch this episode when it comes out, and I'll let you know when that's going to be. And uh, people can really learn a lot from you, and hopefully they'll read your book and they can learn a lot more. And so, where can people find you? Tell the audience where they can find you. Yeah, um, my book is available uh, from my publisher. You can um, go to my website and order it from there. It's called my website is dannycovey.com, and that's d-a-n-n-y-c-o-v-e-y.com, or it's available on Amazon.com and Amazon.ca here in Canada. It is okay. called Scar Tissue. Scar Tissue. Scar Tissue. Danny, it's been a pleasure yes. to have you on the show. I was very interested when I first saw your story, and, and you didn't disappoint. So to our viewers out there, please remember this is funnyminds.com, and you can go on our website, and we have a store with silly things. And there's two uh, organizations that we're very involved with, and that's Women's Breast Cancer and St. Jude's Children's Hospital. So you'll see a big purple um, button there, and if you have the opportunity if you could give to them that would be wonderful and uh you'll see us on uh spotify and youtube for our video and every major platform on audio and we're out once a week on tuesdays so uh danny i'll let you know when okay. your episode is going to air we'll drop a few little hints to everybody before it does air and uh i wish you the best because yes. you're you're an absolutely wonderful person, and uh, 
you know, I hope you don't have to have that other surgery someday in the future. We'll keep our fingers crossed. Yeah. Absolutely. Everybody needs to get out there and uh, check out scar tissue from Danny. uh, Because I can promise you there's a lot of... uh, Positive. Positive. Absolutely. I mean, there's just going to be, you know, a very well spoken and told story that uh, you definitely don't want to miss. And I appreciate having you on, Danny. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me on. So to everybody, be healthy, be happy, be be safe, be wise, non-judgmental, and remember to laugh because laughter is the best medicine. Bye-bye now. Take care, Danny. Thank you. Thank you.